Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Let's go to Mary Holm now, our personal finance expert who's talking KiwiSaver today. Hey Mary. Hello Jesse. Shall we start with this warning I've been teasing? Yeah, we better, yes. Yeah, we yes, do it every year. We do. But I would have and totally forgotten about it if my KiwiSaver provider hadn't given me a little nudge and good on them for doing yes, it as well. Yes, indeed. It, um, this is about getting the maximum tax credit every year. And we have left it a bit late this time because people have got to... If you haven't got enough money yet into your KiwiSaver account but in the year ending June the 30th to get the maximum tax credit, well, you've got to do it in the next day or two. Mm. And the sooner the better. Today would be better, really. I mean, they to to do it at the last minute, you'd have to give your money directly to the provider, your yeah. KiwiSaver provider. I did that yesterday. Um, did you? I always yeah. leave things to the last minute. Oh, do Mary. you? Yeah. yeah, well, you know, you a couple of days to spare, Jesse. Very well done. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, it, it'd be a good idea to try and do it today or, you know, or certainly tomorrow because the 30th is, is not a business day and mm. I don't know quite how... That would work. I mean, you might be able to transfer it on Saturday, but not not ideal. Mm. You want to get that money in there. So basically, you want to have have deposited a thousand and forty three at least of your contributions, not not your employer contributions, into KiwiSaver by June the thirtieth. And if you haven't got an employer, of course, if you're self employed or whatever, you're you're going to be doing it yourself. Um, and by the way, I do suggest if you're not if you're not an employee, it's quite a good idea to just do it on a monthly basis rather mm. than every year. Although, so you don't get the panic hearing me and Mary every June. It's yeah, not good well, for your blood pressure. It's, that's part of it, but it also means that if you're transferring um, eighty bucks a month. I think it's 80. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, who's got a thousand bucks lying around in June that they can just throw yes, away? Yes, that's for, right. Well, you're not throwing it away, but it's the future, it's almost throwing it away. It, it, does seem, it does seem like a lot to, yes, a lot to suddenly come out of your account in one go. The other thing is if you're putting it in on a regular basis through the year, you're not, um, necess- you know, it could be that the share markets have risen and the bond markets, et cetera, have risen recently, and so you're buying more expensive units mm. in the fund. At the end of the year, if you put it in on a monthly basis, then you'll get some good months and some bad months in terms of of the ups and downs of the market, and that tends to be a better strategy altogether. Mm. I'm Um, worried we might have glossed over exactly how this works, so would you mind just spelling it out for us? Yeah, so so if you you want to have got at least $1,043 into your KiwiSaver account from last July the 1st last year through to June the 30th of this year. If you're an employee and you're putting in at least, or putting in 3% of your pay and you earn more than $35,000 a year, then 3% of your pay will have got you over that maximum amount Mm. anyway. If you earn less than $35,000 though, it's a really good idea to to find out how much you have put in. Your provider should be able to tell you if you can't calculate it yourself. Some people can calculate it from their <clears throat> their pay slips, which will tell them how much is going in each payday. Um, so that's for employees earning under thirty five thousand, or for um, non employed people. 
who want to, and if you can get the 1,043 in there, then the government puts in 50 cents for every dollar you put in. So they'll put in 521, which is roughly half of 1,043, mm. um, in, in the next month or so as the tax credit. If you've put in less, if you've only put in $50 in the course of the year, the government will put in 25. Mm. So just get in, in as much as you can. And if you're on a contributions holiday, and a lot of people are, and we'll get onto that more in a minute, um, you can still put in one-off contributions whenever you want to. No, there's nothing to stop you from putting money directly into the provider and getting that tax credit. And it's a real pity if people don't. Last year, 520,000, so more than half a million people, um, didn't contribute into KiwiSaver. And... Actually, I'm not sure, to be honest, whether they didn't contribute at all or whether they didn't contribute the maximum, but I think it's that they didn't contribute at all. And so they missed out on the tax credit. And that's free government money. That, And that's, you know, one of the two things that makes KiwiSaver so good. The other is the employer contributions. But it's a real pity for people to miss out. The government... Um, the government is basically offering you $500, $500 risk-free, no questions asked every that's year. Right. But to claim it, it, you've got to put a 1000 bucks in. Yes. So don't miss out this year. That's exactly right. You keep it forever. Mm. The only excuse I will um, put up with for not putting um, money into KiwiSaver is if you're paying off high-interest debt, which is actually you know, credit card debt or other high-interest debt. It is such a negative in your financial situation that if instead of contributing to KiwiSaver you were putting that money into getting rid of credit card debt, then I'd say good on you. Okay. Um, but but you're not allowed to say, well, I might do that and therefore I won't do KiwiSaver and you don't do either. You know, um, yeah. It's basically a guaranteed 50% return, isn't it? Yes, in, in the first year yeah. it is, yes. In, okay. in, in that year, that, that money. Yeah. Okay. Um, You've got KiwiSaver on your mind this week. Look, I have. And it would, last time... I'd just come fresh from a conference where where there was a proposal to add a rainy day fund to the KiwiSaver. So we won't go into all of that again. Mm. That's all on the podcast. So people missed it last time. But that um, conference also had a panel of KiwiSaver people talking about ways KiwiSaver could be improved. I was on that panel, and one of my suggestions we talked about last time as well, which was giving people the option of starting to contribute to KiwiSaver with just 1%, yeah. and then that automatically increasing like to one and a quarter percent after six months, one and a half percent after a year, and so on. Um, so you sign up for a very small amount. That's um, around the world they've found that programs where people sign up for gradually increasing their savings work much better. People are often unwilling to suddenly start saving a lot of money but if they just sign up for a very small amount and gradually increase it, you know they just adapt as as they go through, and mm. it works really well. It's 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 good psychology. Um, and connected to that, I was saying last time that I would like to see beneficiaries in KiwiSaver. I I would love to see that, and I think if they were to start at one percent of their benefit going in and if the government were to boost everybody's benefits by 1% when they make this change mm. so that beneficiaries' pay, take-home pay doesn't drop at all, 
but it gets them into KiwiSaver. And then they could perhaps also be on the scheme where they go up to 1.25% after six months and, and 2% because that would be very gradual increases for them because I just don't like the idea that beneficiaries are missing out on having a longer-term financial plan. I know some people will be out there and saying, Mary, stop being you know, unrealistic here, that beneficiaries are struggling to to put shoes on the kids and they haven't got a moment's thought for what's happening um, 30, 40, 50 years hence. But I, I don't believe that. I mean, I think everybody likes to be doing long-term as well as short-term plans. So, yeah. so I'd love to see that happen. OK, that would cost the government money, but... At this conference, at this panel, there were various people talking about a whole lot of other ways um, KiwiSaver could be improved that would cost the government money, like giving tax incentives to people to perhaps um, stop tax taxes from being charged on the returns we make in KiwiSaver. Currently, with the returns we make, which is the interest in our, and the dividends we receive and other returns that come into our KiwiSaver funds, we are taxed on. Right. We don't have to um, fill out tax returns or anything. It happens automatically. The providers take care of it, but we are taxed on it. And if that was that was removed or, or, or reduced, the tax rates on those returns, our KiwiSaver money would grow a lot faster. Um so that'd be nice, but it is it is just actually transfer of money from all the taxpayers to all of those who are in KiwiSaver, and some would argue that's not fair. Mm. And I'm saying, well, okay, if the government is being approached to do something like that, I would prefer to see them put it into getting the beneficiaries into KiwiSaver. Yeah, it's a nice yeah. idea. Did you get any support on that one, Mary? Um, it was it was one of those panel discussions where everybody just says their little piece yeah. and then there's no real conversation on it. Okay. But um, uh, yeah, I hope listeners the out people there might not pick approvingly. Up. That's the best um, you can hope for in a panel discussion. <laughs> I'm not even sure they nodded about that, okay. but some of them were. Um, they probably, furrow their brows. Yeah, they were probably more interested in the sort of some of them were KiwiSaver providers and so on, and they might have been more interested in the yeah. the high end people, perhaps. Okay. I don't look. I don't know. That's probably not fair. But um, there were some. Other suggestions made that that I thought might be interested interesting to discuss yes, today. Please. One was um, compulsion. So that's been around ever since KiwiSaver started, and in fact, I think before it started, the government was thinking about making it compulsory. So that every it'll be compulsory only for employees, but every employee would be put into KiwiSaver and couldn't pull out of it again. Whether they would continue with contributions holidays so that currently people who are in KiwiSaver can take a holiday um, from three months to five years. Uh, whether that would be allowed, I don't know. I suppose not, because otherwise it's not really compulsory. Uh-huh. I mean, because with the with the contributions holidays, you can take them for five years and renew it for another five it years. It takes um, a bit of effort, though, doesn't it? Not a lot, not a lot. The the um, form is there online, and you don't have to prove hardship or anything for that. No, I just did it yesterday, yeah. but I mean, it's something, you know, you've actually got to actively go and do it at least. Yes, you, you do. You know what I mean? It's a bit harder to get out of. Yes. Maybe that would be enough. But it is only five years, you know, yeah. so... Um, so uh, 
Anyway, whether or not they do compulsion, and, and one of the people on the panel pointed out if they did, they wouldn't have to do the tax credits anymore because they're there to kind of entice people to put money into KiwiSaver. And <laughs> if it's compulsory, although you might want to, they might want to have tax credits for non-employees. I mean, there are also a lot of us who are self-employed or not employed, perhaps at home looking after little children or whatever. There's a whole lot of people out there who for one reason or another are not employees. But, but I don't like compulsion and I have to say it's more of a kind of gut reaction thing mm. um, I don't like the idea of the government making people put money somewhere I think it's but we're forced to um, pay tax Mary so yeah. that we can have hospitals what's yeah. the difference it's, yes, I why know. not be forced to save for KiwiSaver so you've got something to retire on at 65 yeah, and it does, does happen in some other countries and you're quite right it's just a Kind of, I suppose it's perhaps a libertarian bent I've got or something. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I mean that might or might not Getting happen. Paying, paying for beneficiaries, KiwiSaver isn't very libertarian, Mary. Isn't it? You've got no, to sort I'm, your I'm a, bit, I'm a well, bit you, of a mixture. You, you know how it works these days. You choose hard right or hard left, and you hate everyone in the other camp. Yeah. You don't listen to them. You haven't yeah. got it right. I'm, I'm, no, I'm one, wallowing around in the middle yeah. there somewhere. Yeah, um, you're not going to fit in. And, and so perhaps we better move on to okay. um, um, default provider. Default fund investments, which was a hot topic in, amongst the panel. There were, I think, three out of five people were talking quite a lot about that. Currently, when you go into KiwiSaver, when you get a new job, you're automatically put into it. And if you don't pull out between two and eight weeks later, you stay in and you're put into a default fund because the government realised if they said to people you've got to choose a fund, people wouldn't know what to choose. And so they said, we're going to put them in a default yep. fund. And the idea is after a while they'll learn a bit more about it and they'll move to the best fund for yep. them. And the default funds, they're not the most conservative. They're the second most conservative. There's five different levels of risk in KiwiSaver funds and they're the second to lowest risk. Um the default funds come in there. Now, for ever since KiwiSaver started, once again, there's been debates about where that money, whether that default fund should be so conservative. And and the, the argument against putting people into a conservative fund is that the young ones should really be in a much higher risk fund because they have got many years before they're going to retire, so it doesn't really matter if the markets are going up and down a lot because in the long run they'll grow a lot more, so they'll end up with a lot more money. Um, the, the, the idea then is to put the young ones in the high-risk funds and gradually reduce the risk as people get older. That's That's been an often suggested alternative, and it's one that I tend to support but it's so obvious it, it, but and it's been the big problem for years and years and years everyone's in the wrong fund yeah yeah yes yes there are, are a couple of worries about it though one of course is that the young ones quite often the ones that are wanting to buy a first home oh yeah take okay. their kiwi saver money out and if they're in a high risk fund and right and, and it happens to go down the, the markets happen to plunge down right when you want to take your money out to buy a first home, you might find that your fifty thousand is suddenly forty thousand, and and that's not a good look. So I think because of that, we would have to say to everybody going into a default fund, have you bought a first home? Is that a possibility for you? And if it is a possibility that you haven't yet bought one, and it's a possibility that then you would go into a more conservative fund. Mm. Um, the other worries are, though, as well, that 
young people, maybe they've already got a first home or they're not interested in getting one, they're in a high-risk fund. When that gets volatile, and it's not if, it's when, yeah. um, they might panic. Yeah. They might see their balance plunging down and move at that point to a very conservative fund, and it's awful when people do that because they're moving out right when the, right when the account balance is very low and sort of making those losses real. If they stay in there, the, the losses will go away, the, the balance will come back up again. Um, so there'd have to be quite a lot of education that went with it to say to people, hey, you're in a high-risk fund, here's why. In the long run, you're sure to end up with a lot more money, but you've got to stick with it when when um, the markets go down. And at and, and the other end of the spectrum... Um, if you're putting people who are, say, 60 in a conservative fund because they're getting near the near 65 yeah. when they're likely to spend the money, that's not always a good thing either. Mm. I mean, a lot of these days people get to 65 and expect to live another 20 years or even 30 years or more if they're healthy. And so you don't want all their savings to be in conservative investments. I mean... All of this can be got round by the fact that we're still talking default funds. People are always free to move their money to a better place. And, and, and so the ideal would be for people young and old to understand more. Never going to happen. Uh, oh, come on. We, we, you and I are trying here now we today, Jesse, um, to get people to understand more and so they can choose the right fund for them. And, the, you know, there's a sort of website, Fund Finder. Yeah, and, and we often them. have emails from people saying, Mary, which fund should I be in? And Mary has done lots and lots of advice on this. And you can go and search um, her archive on the RNZ site or on maryholm.com. It's a question she has answered many, many times yes, before. Yes. <laughs> and, the, you know, the trouble is the evidence is out there that still a lot of people don't don't fully know. Um, an- another um, one that I would re- a change I would like to see is the end of what they call total remuneration, which is a um, cumbersome name. But I think we've talked about it a bit before. But it's, it's some of the some employers, and it tends to be big employers that usually do this, but not always, who... Take, effectively take employees employer contributions out of the employee's pay. Mm. So you're paying your employee contribution of 3% of your pay and then the employer's taking the other 3% out Very of your pay. Very against the well. spirit of KiwiSaver. Look, I think it is. And the the employer's argument is that they want, they want to treat people in KiwiSaver the same as people out of KiwiSaver. They've got other employees who, for various reasons, perhaps saying they can't afford KiwiSaver, are not in there. And and for those people, those people are saying, well, we should treat them all the same, so if we're going to put 3% into employees' pay, KiwiSaver, that's not fair. So if we take it out of their pay, then we're treating everybody equally. But I am, especially if... If we brought in my proposal of having a 1% option, a 1% where it grows from 1 to 1.25, etc., then it gets pretty hard for employees to argue that they can't afford KiwiSaver. I mean, currently there are people who say, I can't afford 3%. And that is sort of understandable, although I think a lot of them could be challenged on it. Some can, some can't. Mm. But... um, I would like to see it ended. It was ended. The Labour government allowed it and then ended it and then the national government allowed it and I'd like to see the Labour government end it again. But 
We'll see how that one goes. Okay. Yeah. What other ideas? A um, couple more um, contributions holidays, which I talked about, but where you can take them from three months to five years. But I was looking it up this morning. You can take it from anything from three months to five years, but 84% of the people on contributions holidays have taken five years. So just about everybody is getting in and taking the whole five years. And that's rather a pity because people over five years, their, their financial situation changes. If they're struggling for a while to put money in, five years later they're not going to be struggling. Often one year later they're not going to be struggling. But once they've stopped contributing they just, I think, inertia steps in and they and mm-hmm. they don't start again. So I would like it to see the maximum be one year, renewable after that one year, but as you say, then there's a bit of a hassle, you've got to go and renew it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that would work. I would also like to see contributions, holidays, name changed. Um, the Retirement Commission, or which is now the Commission for Financial Capability, suggests it should be changed from contributions, holidays to savings, suspension. I don't know that I like that much either, but the point is they think that holiday sounds like kind of nice. I'm going on a holiday and I think it's got a nice sort of (laughs) positive positive, connotations. And so um, calling it something else perhaps could help. And uh, while we're talking about names, the tax credit is not a tax credit. It was... I think when they were initially planning KiwiSaver, they were going to do a tax credit and then they changed it so it's actually not nothing to do with tax. It's just money that the government puts into your KiwiSaver account. Okay, so, so, yeah. so you don't need to be earning money... To get it. No. And uh, quite a few people say, well, I'm I'm not eligible for tax credit anyway, so I might as well not be in KiwiSaver because I'm not paying tax at the moment. I'm home looking after little kids or or whatever. Um, And so I think that could easily be changed to bonus. Yeah. Just call it a bonus. Yeah. And that would be fine. It's a nice word like holiday, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Now, have we got time for a couple more or not? We do. And I've got lots of questions um, about this um, $500 bonus, which I want to throw at you too. So. Oh, yes. Well, well, I'll look, look just briefly say that I think that it would be good if KiwiSaver providers gave more help to people as they get to retirement level. At 65, I get lots of letters from people as difficulties in knowing what to do about about um, your money as you hit retirement. I think there could be a lot more help given with that. Um, but that's the main... Did you have some questions... Um, there was one that was sent in a bit earlier. Did, have you got that one there where the person was saying, we've just joined KiwiSaver about three months ago and we don't know how to keep track of our contributions? And there was one that was forwarded to yeah, me this morning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, if you go to kiwisaver.gov.nz, which is run by the government, there's a lot of really good accessible information in there, including how to keep track of your contributions. Because the thing is, if you're an employee... Your provider will tell you what your balance is, but it'll be lower than it actually should be because the contributions take about three months from the time they come out of your pay to the time they get into mm. the, into your account. There's some good reasons for that. They, they've got to go in. The pay, employer's got to pay them into IID, and the IID's got to do some checks, and on and on it goes. And they actually explain on that website why it takes three months. Mm. But in the meantime... On that website, you can go to, you can register for, I think it's called My KiwiSaver, and see through that you can see what where where your contributions are in the meantime. So if you go to that website, you can so ask the provider what your balance is there, and then on that KiwiSaver.gov.nz website, find out what other ones are on their way through. Okay, so lots of people listening about this um, free five hundred dollars. 
Yes. Kerry just wants to clarify this payment that's standard, isn't it, every year, as long as you've put in your 1000 bucks. He might have thought the way we were talking about it, like it's a one-off sort of 2018 no. thing. Yeah. No, no, every year, yes. Okay. Um, hi, Jesse and Mary. I have a question. We have a KiwiSaver account for each of our kids that we contribute to. They are under 18. Do they get the bonus too? No, they don't. No, we, I should have mentioned that. But when they turn 18, quite often they're in university or in a part-time job, something like that, give them some help to get the, the if you if you can. Mm. It's a really good idea to give them some help to get that 1043 in there. What about the other end? Hi, Jesse. Do you get the tax credit after retirement? You don't get it after 65 unless you've been in KiwiSaver for less than five years. So if you joined at 60, when you were 64, you would get it till 69. Everyone gets at least five years of it. But apart from those people who join after 60, it stops at six, when you turn 65. Am I right, says someone, that you only receive the $500 tax credit for the first five years you're in the KiwiSaver scheme? No, no, no. I don't know where. That's probably from what I just said, that if, if you join um, aged over 60, you get it for five years so that, it, you know, even if you join at 64, you get it to mm. 69. But everybody else gets it all the way through until they turn 65. Good bonus, actually, if you know any 64-year-olds yeah. or 63-year-olds that aren't members of KiwiSaver. It's really good free money. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you please advise if it is the 30 June, the deadline for KiwiSaver? My bank sent me an email saying it was the 27th of June. It, it, look, illegally it's the 30th, but possibly the bank is saying we need it in by the 27th so that we can process it before June the 30th. But, you know, yeah, and I wouldn't chat, I wouldn't push them on that. I'd get it in by the 27th if you can. Okay. You might as well, yeah. Uh, that'll be next year now, of course. Paul says, could you please ask Mary, if I do a deposit to my KiwiSaver online through IRD now, will I get the government contribution? Through IRD now. Yes, I do. I am familiar with that, but I don't know anyone much who ever does it. Mm. Uh, so be, presumably you can make voluntary contributions to the IRD and it makes its way to you. Yes, provider. but I would. I don't see why you, would, you wouldn't just go straight to your provider. Mm. I mean, I've, I've never heard of anyone using that facility through IRD. They would probably make sure you got it because IRD, I think, is quite... You know, diligent about not messing people up with these things, yeah. but but I would just take, get it into your provider. My KiwiSaver yeah. provider, because I, as I mentioned, I did it just yesterday, and they've got uh, if you look on the site for make a lump sum contribution or something along those lines, and then they give you the bank account details, so you just transfer it directly via your um, your internet banking, and then you also fill out a form to let them know that you've. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Look, so maybe the IRD now is a better way to do it. I, I look, I don't know to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one other point mm. regards all of this. If you turn 18 or 65, if you've turned that within the la since last July the first, then your tax credit's proportionate to how much of the year you were over 18 or under mm. 65. Or yeah. if you just joined KiwiSaver Partway. That's year, right. right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. And someone says, you still haven't had anyone on your show ever who's argued against KiwiSaver. Nothing can be that good. Do you know anyone who's against KiwiSaver? <laughs> I Kiwi do. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I won't name him because he might not want to come on, but I'll, I'll okay. ask if he wants to come on. Maybe he should Is he come against on. the scheme or is he against people joining up to the scheme? Because once we've got the scheme... Do you know what I mean? He, he's against more the scheme. He thinks it's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, he thinks New Zealand is... We're not really saving that much, much Does his more name start with B? 
Um, no. Okay. <laughs> I'll make a note and see if he would like to come on perhaps with me sometime or, yeah. or instead of me. Or yeah, um, CNN does that sometimes. It's like a crossfire situation or Fox News. And we yes. get both on microphone and you just like you spit invective at each other <laughs> about how stupid each other is. But the trouble each. is I quite like him. Yeah, no, that doesn't. Again, it's not going to work, Mary. Oh, oh. You've misread the current political climate. <laughs> I have, yeah. Mary Holm, yeah. thanks. Nice to have you in. Pleasure, Jesse. Bye-bye. Uh, Mary is in every couple of weeks and if you want to listen back to any of her previous chats with me, you can find uh, her interviews on our podcasts page.